Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Phantom Fighter. Wild Chinese phantoms, Kionchis, are on the loose, wrecking havoc on eight villages. <laughs> Welcome to Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. And I'm Joe. You would not know this. It'd be impossible to know this. But Phantom Fighter is one of those movie tie-in video games. Oh my god, really? <laughs> but not for a movie released in America. Well, I, I, I figured that. But. Yes. It is based on the 1985 Hong Kong movie Mr. Vampire. <laughs> wow. Because of all the vampires in this well, game. Th- yeah, that makes sense because I had, I had a, such a different reaction. I, I, I wouldn't have thought that this was a part of any kind of mainstream media. <laughs> right, right. Well, the movie must have taken them a long time to make because they had to keep giving the actors time to just hop everywhere. Um, that's a reference to the fact that all the enemies just hop. They don't walk. They don't really do anything else. They just hop at you. Yeah, I think they doubled down on like hopping to be like the next big thing that kids were going to love. I mean, it seems spooky. Maybe that's what Kionchis are known for, but um, I don't know anything about these Chinese phantoms. Do you guys have any uh, like no. masters in Chinese uh, folklore? <laughs> Not like, that I remember, no. I just want to say, like, what my I didn't read the manual. I didn't know that there was a movie. Um, I don't even think that it's mentioned on like the 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 little stub of a Wikipedia article there is for this game. But I thought that this was just a piece of like outsider art, like the the all just completely insulated from any uh any like trends in the gaming space at this time. Uh, really not knowing the rules about how things are supposed to go in games like these. It, the, the whole the, the concept of the enemies and how they acted, and you have like a sidekick, and I'm not sure who he's supposed to be. I don't know who you're supposed to be, if you're supposed to be like a, a Sherlock kind of guy with the long like jacket that also knows karate. I, there were so many questions that I had about this game that I guess I could have looked up. You gotta watch the movie. <laughs> I gotta watch the movie, I guess, now. Yeah, you're like the ninth doctor. (laughs) (laughs) The war doctor, now. Yeah, I thought it was weird, too, because usually when you see a movie tie-in game, usually, not always, it plays it safe. It it uses a formula, a tried-and-true formula. This, for better or for worse, is being like ambitious in trying to do like (laughs) its own thing, where it's like, it's got that kind of Prince of Persia-style control, where you, like, Pressing forward starts like a whole like animation loop and and it's got this like you're doing this like side scroller on what apparently is I guess an overworld map and then you go into like 
buildings with little sort of mini boss battles and then leave. It's like, it's not like any game we've ever played before, which is kind of interesting for a movie tie-in. I mean, I guess we had Ghostbusters, which also really like made up its own rules. And Jaws. And Jaws, that's true. Good point. But like, I guess maybe I'm more conditioned to this from like games that I grew up with, but like I'm used to like movie tie-in games in like the 90s and 2000s being like kind of like the most generic gameplay with like a movie tie-in skin over it. Yeah, I, I, that and it's it's interesting though that because I didn't know that this was a movie tie-in at all. So that this is even these aren't even the thoughts that I was having coming into this uh into this discussion. Sean, you're not wrong though that it is kind of like weirdly made in a vacuum because the developer Mario Net um is has never made an NES game before and I don't know if they'll make another one in my current list of like games we're going to be playing up until 1991 they're not listed again the publisher is FCI and we've played some interesting games from them in the past but the developer is is just kind of like is it weird where they just like yeah it'd be neat to make a game based off this movie that came out five years ago was he what was he developing before, or is this the first time we've seen his name ever? <laughs> uh Marionette's not a person. Um it's a company, but I No, he could... knows Victor Kai. Oh yeah, gotcha. <laughs> um I could not tell you because when you search for Marionette, you're not gonna get the video game developer. You're gonna get the puppets. <laughs> <laughs> Marionette. Okay, I thought you were saying oh. a person's name, Mario Net. That's what oh, I thought you were saying. Oh, I got you. That's yeah. funny. Marionette. Yeah. Got it. It's Marionette. Does got that it. make you feel better? It makes you yes, feel better. It does. <laughs> I, I don't know if the tone of the game gave this off or whatever, but the manual has, like, clearly this game was, especially if that's referencing a Hong Kong movie that none of us knew, like, it was made on the Famicom and then, like, came over. And the guys who, like, made the monu- manual for the North American audience, the story has, like, a completely different tone in this manual. It starts with, those wacky Chinese phantoms are on the loose again. It's like, oh I did not God. get that <laughs> vibe from the game <laughs> at all. <laughs> like, the oh, game wow. has, like, people giving you, like, you know, a lot of story details and, like, you know, like, explaining the Keonjis, and then it's just, like, dang it, like, you know, those wacky Chinese <laughs> randoms escape Chinese jail. It's, like, stop it. Like, it's not what happened. Well, you know, I mean, the wacky part, like, one of you guys said earlier, like, oh, they are kind of spooky the way they hop. I couldn't disagree more. <laughs> they're, they're very ridiculous looking. <laughs> that was a joke. Player. That was okay, joke. But, like... <laughs> They're so silly looking. They just they hop with their arms out like like you would think like a cartoon zombie. Arms out, they hop around like. Well, I, I don't, don't know. think I of thought... a cartoon zombie hopping anywhere. I guess the only way that it can be spooky is just that it's very uncanny valley in a way. And I mean, which is it's you can't do like an NES uncanny valley because it's so far outside of the valley in one direction. But you, you know what I mean. It's like the. They're acting weird. Yeah. It's also spooky in the, like, in the, like, realistic sense where it's, like, something's not scary to look at, but it's, like, scary because of how it can, you know, like, ever play, um, oh, what is it called? Perfection? The board game Perfection that you put all the pieces in before it pops up? Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah, you have that's to put in different scary. shapes, right? Yeah, yeah. That's not scary inherently, but it is, like, it does have this, like, scariness because you're, like, there's anxiety. And I guess if I'm trying to stretch what would make this scary is, like, 
I have some anxiety about the fact that I have no idea when I'm going to take damage or not. Like, if my kick is going to land or if their weird outstretched hands are just going to somehow hurt me. And, like, that gives me some anxiety. I'm like, I gotta be play it really safe. But it's not, like, not the traditional... That's just playing a video game. <laughs> it is, but it's, like, it's, like, more so, I guess, because it's, like, I don't feel like I have that much control over it. Or at least I don't understand in what way I have control over when I'm taking damage in some instances that I'm like, I don't know. I'm really trying to stretch what could be spooky about this game. So bear with me. But yeah, like I guess it's just the anxiety of like not knowing how to actually avoid, like sometimes when I do this, my kick lands other times I get hit. That's spooky. I don't know. Someone else talk. Yeah, I could talk because what's (laughs) funny is, is, uh, you know, going back to just, the story or the plot or whatever, uh, you know, they are setting out to be a ambitious story driven game in the sense that the, it's a side scrolling action game where you have to go to eight villages. It's not an open world in that sense. You start at village one, you have to do everything in village one to move over to village two. And yes, they really are just called village one, village two. Uh, they could have probably given them names to make them feel more lived in, but whatever. And then inside that village, like you're free to roam around and visit like, you know, uh, houses, temples, graveyards, the school, um, and, and, you know, do that in any order you please. And obviously like, there's probably a a good order or whatever, but it's not really like, it's not a life simulator in that regards. You're, you're there. It's just nonlinear, right? You're just there to take out these Kionchis that you have to find. Um, and they're not hard to find. It's not like you're like, where are these damn phantoms? Like, they're everywhere. Don't worry. <laughs> and once you take them all out, then you can move to the next village. But along the way, there's a lot of, like, story-driven stuff going on from both the people that you run into giving you, like, information that doesn't feel like it's necessary, but then you find out you're going to be quizzed on it by the guards, and that's not great. Or there's, like, information that you might need to know how to, like, do new moves or, uh, you know... uh deal with a certain enemy and that's why i'm making my first recommendation for anybody who even tries to check out this game don't do what i did and start phantom fighter at the fastest tech speed because it does let you choose your tech speed but fast first thing it lets you at it lets you choose (laughs) right and fast is for those who don't care at all about the plot or have memorized it because it just scrolls right through it so fast that you just get the very last thing before you push the a button to continue you don't even get a chance to read what happens next. <laughs> One thing, uh, you mentioned the quizzing, and I imagine you mean like getting to a part in the game that I did not, um, where it actually quizzes you on things about the game itself. But I, I like, you know, you go to, to, to actually learn these moves, you have to go to places where they will ask you trivia questions, but it's just general trivia, like in our world, like a question that I was asked in order to then learn a move was who created Ultima and I'm like okay in in a vacuum that okay maybe Ultima is also a thing in this game's world and like it's the name of like a wizard's like no it's just Lord British like that is that is the answer like or like how many states are there on the American how many stars are on the American flag like oh there's just answers in the real world of this it's a very strange like fourth wall break there yeah yeah and I wonder if that like does that tie into the movie somehow? <laughs> They're like yeah, weird, like, is like bar trivia contemporary a part of trivia. It? Yeah, <laughs> like, but 
that was that was very weird to me too because when you know what you were describing mike like at least there's like stuff you can pay attention to in game to get it but this is just like i wasn't told when i played this that i'd have to have like historical knowledge you know like so like that is so when i got the ultima thing i thought at first until i like read the the options i guess that like that was some piece of lore yeah that i missed because <laughs> ultima is often used in 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 games or stories square as games. like yeah yeah square games <laughs> specifically anyone play final fantasy 16 but the so i was like wondering what uh you know what that was all about but then also just to back up a little bit to what you were saying mike about how you can kind of how you have to visit and and take out each of these phantoms in order to progress but you can go in any order felt like they they missed out on a little bit of like i feel like there's two reasons to do this and maybe there are more but the two that i can think of where letting you go out of order and having significant differences in your play style because you went out of order is one reason or the other reason is like you can skip over these things. Like that's what like you can skip over these things, but then when you get to the end of the level, you just can't progress. So the only reason I can see wanting to skip over something is if it's like again a risk reward thing where it's like if you skip over it, you might miss out on a power up that'll that'll help you later, but like it doesn't matter. You you have to go back and do it later. So I, I don't really get why they made it like optional to go into each of these areas to fight each of these bosses if like once you get through like the the 25 of them in the first level and you if you if you skipped one it's just going to be like well you can't move on until you go back and do that one like i don't feel like there was incentive to 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 change it up so in in a purely mechanical sense you're right there there is no reason for for them to do it this way but it i guess in a, in a storytelling or i guess in a, an immersion sense like it does make sense to have it be houses you have to go into and there's like a hub area that just to just to give it more of a sense of place, and maybe that sense of place is very important to the movie. I don't know. Like, yeah, that, that's grasping I mean, it. But there's at least like the 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 narrative aspect to it too. Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely there's the narrative aspect. But I guess it's just why could the narrative aspect would be the same if I could not skip a level, if you want to call it a level. But like I go past the house and like. Maybe it, maybe I should have read the manual, and maybe it's all in there. It's very clear. <laughs> but like, I go past the house, and I'm like, "Oh, cool! I don't have to do all these. I have to decide to do all of these." Then I get to the end, and it's like, "No, nah, you had to do them. Go back." And that that just feels weird to me. It's like, why are you letting me skip things? Yeah, I think that having to do them all is the part that I would be hung up on too. It should be that like you need to find a key item, and once you find that key item, it doesn't matter if you've done everything because that yeah. you got the yeah. thing you needed and you you know that could be some kind of cool like boundary breaking or whatever sure. right like especially because these these rooms you go in are quote unquote levels I don't, I don't think that's really what you'd consider them but these these sections that we're talking about are really not they're very 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 cookie cutter so it's not like oh i don't want to do the i don't want to do the mario you know world one level four I can skip that, but like, okay, that's a floating side-scrolling thing. It's different. Like, I'm thinking about. I'll skip this because of this. Reason. This is just like, okay, I've done ten where there's a medium green ghost hopping at me, 
And I've done 10 where there's a large red ghost hopping at me, and I've done 10 where there's a small blue ghost hopping at me. It's like, there's not a lot of variety in these things to, like, to have any context to, like, what I skipped and why I skipped it. But So it's like, it makes me want to skip them because it doesn't feel that different, And like, but then it just doesn't matter. I, I don't know exactly what I'm asking for. I guess I just want... You want intentionality. Yeah, <laughs> which, yeah. Which this game like, doesn't if, seem to have. If you're going to let me skip it, give me a reason to skip it. And if I have to do them all, just make me do them all. If it's like, not clear, though, if it's not clear, the game, essentially, we said side-scrolling action game where you enter buildings and stuff. The game really just becomes uh, an updated version of the 1985 game Kung Fu, where you just are going, like, floor to floor fighting. At least in Kung Fu, they give you a couple enemies per room. This is just you're fighting one Kionchi that hops at you slowly in a, in each room, and the door doesn't open until you defeat said Kionchi. So you just have to attack, run, attack, run. Which, by the way, is something that the manual actually suggests. The game knows that the only thing worth doing, the only thing that you could do to even beat these Kionchis, is to run up to them, punch them in the face, run away, hope that you don't run into their hop, and then when they land, punch them in the face again and get out of there. It's like. That's not a combat system, but we'll get into no, combat. Yeah. We'll get yeah. into combat in a second. I did want to, I hate to do this. I have to go back to the guard thing, the questioning, because unfortunately, guys, we were talking about the same segment. I just didn't get the silly questions that you got about how many stars yeah. are on the American <laughs> flag and the ultimate stuff. I got questions about Kionchis, and it turns oh, out wow. there, there are a good deal of questions, so maybe that's how that happened. But my questions were about Kionchis, and remember, I played on the fast tech speed so i assume that they were just telling me these things in the game about like you know okay so look there was one silly one that was like where do kionchis live and like one of the choices was new jersey right and i was like okay well obviously not that right um but nope that you could actually pick that and you would still get it yeah it's like is the so there was a few actually where you could pick any of the options and not be wrong there was no like there was no like two are right, but one is wrong. It was either there's one correct one or all three are correct. And I get that for something like now that I'm looking at the list, there was one that was name an FCI video game. It's like, yeah, why would they mention their competition or bother yeah. making up a game when they could just tell you three FCI video games that are currently available at your blockbuster for rent, right? <laughs> yeah. Like it makes sense. But to to do like a joke answer, like uh, Kionchi's usually live in New Jersey. Like I is the joke that like the spirits just, always live amongst us like Maybe. everywhere in the world like, yeah i, don't I mean know. i would take that as it's like oh yeah these yeah these spirits don't aren't tied to any specific location they can go anywhere they could live anywhere you know imagine if you're a little kid in new jersey and you select that answer <laughs> as a joke and they say yes why do we think Ooh. that all of the like haunted characters in in america are, are americans right they might be uh from anywhere in the world right like you don't have to stay in china if you're a chinese ghost <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and yet they are always Americans haunting in those, um, well, I guess I shouldn't say that, right? They're demons, but usually related to, yeah. Same thing. Mm -hmm. Ha! All right, anyway, moving on. We have to talk about the combat because there's a couple things going on, all right? We, let's first talk about 
just why there are so many frames for the animation of punching and kicking. It's it's like there's so many frames in general in the game, so it's not like it all of a sudden becomes extra fluid, but it's just a noticeable like time response to like what I'm used to for a punch. It's weird to have a game have have so much like detail in the animation for it to also feel so stiff. Um because in the big when I first started, it was like, oh, this almost feels like a proto fighting game. Like you go into an arena, it's one on one, you've got the the health bars, you got your punch and your kick button, and I imagine, you know, the direction buttons would come into play for like combos or something like that. But then yeah, what Mike was explaining about the actual combat of it being run up, punch, run away, or like, you know, get the momentum to run away and then try to slow down and stop and then turn around and punch again. That's basically the, the fighting, uh, the, the combat system. And it just, yeah, there, there's too many things going on for it to feel fluid at all. And when, even when you get your upgrades and you learn these special moves, they're just replacing your normal moves. Like it's not even like a special move that you have to like do a combo for or, some other button configuration. It's instead of kick once, you kick twice. Right, and and I mentioned earlier that it kind of felt like you know the original Prince of Persia, and if anyone's played that, like it does feel similar. Where it's like, yeah, pressing forward once d- starts like a little bit of a, a long-ish animation for one input, where it's like you kind of run a few steps, and it's like very smooth animation because of it. And I think that works really well for Prince of Persia because Prince of Persia is about a guy running and doing basically parkour. This is about the exact opposite. This is about somebody doing like fighting in like a martial arts like one-on-one combat where it's like sharp quick movements and it to that it felt like a weird decision to be so fluid and floaty where it's like it's hard to back out of a decision, you know? It's hard to it's hard to even walk up to the the distance away from the enemy you want to be because it's like you stop and it's like if you're not through the cycle of walking you're going to keep walking until he like slows down you know after a minute and like that makes it that makes it feel like it's an impressive and interesting type of movement that is just completely in the wrong game in my opinion yeah well whatever relief i felt when first playing this game and fighting the first Kionji and being like, huh, it's not like every other beat-em-up or action game that uses fists and, and kicks. It's like, oh, this actually like handles a little differently. Like that, That'll be a nice change of pace. It was immediately discarded when I got to the second Kionji and realized like, oh, they're, ju- they're just doing this. Like this is, <laughs> this is what I'm up against. Like it's weird yeah. that like my moves are kind of like neat and interesting for, you know, a limited amount of time, but at least like something different in an NES game. And then every enemy proceeds to be the most boring thing I've ever faced. And I'm facing them one at a time. Yeah. Yeah. And to go to kind of go back to what I said earlier about like the the way that they move and attack. Like it, like you said, Mike, like it feels like you have these specific moves they are like so floaty and and like they kind of just attack you with their outstretched fingers in this like it's hard to explain but it's like the hitboxes are a little confusing or like when they'll hit you is a little confusing sometimes you they can land like right on top of you and not hit you yeah. and then you move and then they hit you and it just feels like 
Yeah, you have the wrong. You don't. You're not. It doesn't feel like you're equipped to actually fight these people in a way that you're like that you're like consciously or strategically planning on what you're going to do next. It just feels like going back to what you said earlier, like run away, kick before it gets too close. Run away, kick. And I only kick. I don't punch because punching. Well, punching is stupid in this game. Yeah, it's not beneficial. You can you can knock the person back with a good kick. Yeah, and it's the same speed with longer reach. So I don't I don't see the reason to punch. And I don't think I ever landed a punch in this game. <laughs> you know, I really think I can bury this whole game with one comment here. And this is this is, this was my like big in bold in my notes. And that is that just given the way that Super Mario Brothers levels are designed, an appropriate placement of a Goomba can be more challenging than any <laughs> fight in this game. And that is just an enemy that you jump on and stomp and it can't fight back. And yet sometimes you will like accidentally touch it and then become small Mario or you were small Mario and you die and it's like damn like man that Goomba got me whereas in this game nothing gets you unless you let it get you because you can just run away from it it's hopping ever so slowly towards you and then your only options are just to punch and kick on the same flat level as it there's never like a oh let's introduce stairs or platforms like it's like like they never do you can that. do a uh like a jump kick but sure ne- but why? there's never a reason to do that <laughs> exactly yeah. but i don't know if i agree with like or maybe you know it's just me but i don't know why if i agree with the fact that you can't get got by these guys i, I feel like i got hit a lot by these oh guys i didn't mean because... i didn't mean it like that but go ahead but i was gonna say like i didn't mean like you're invincible yeah, there's like designed challenge in Mario that is not here. But the challenge here is like I don't really understand how close I have to be, how to get that close and when to attack where I'm going to hit them and they're not going to hit me. There were so many times where I got hit where it's like I feel like I just did the exact same thing I did a minute ago where I hit the enemy where it's like it's very difficult to time. And it's usually easy to like kill a bunch of them in a row, but you know your health keeps going down, and eventually, like your health is lower than you know because you go into you got to hope battle. for like a good timing for one of those gems. Exactly, exactly. And you go into each battle. I don't know if we mentioned this. You go into each battle. You have equal health with every opponent, uh, at least maximum health with every opponent. So like your health might be down to halfway, and theirs is still at your maximum. And you can hit them a bunch of times, but there are a lot of times where it's like you get hit, and it's like I don't know how I could have avoided that and tried to hit them. You know, it's like if you want to go in for an attack, you're risking getting hit in a way that doesn't feel like you have a ton of agency. I'm sure there's technically a way, but it doesn't feel like it feels too specific and like timing based so much more that we can that we can like you'd have to think really far ahead and like when you wanted to press forward on the D-pad in order to get to the point where you're going to hit them. Where I feel like a lot of times it's like I just mistimed it and I just got hit. And that was kind of annoying, too. So we covered a lot about the game, but without talking so much about it. So to recap, you go to these buildings, you find the Kionchis, you get you get you get the um, sometimes you get like a scroll that, as Sean mentioned, you can then like learn a new move. But is it really a new move? That's up to, I guess, 
what you envision a new move to be. I agree. I would expect some kind of cool combo in addition to my punch and kick, not just like, hey, your punch is stronger now. And I also think like just the earnedness of the new move could either just, and not that like other NES games do this any better, but it's weird that you have to just travel to the school and then just choose your thing. Like there's no, uh, okay, prove that you learned it or, or here, I'll show it to you and you fight somebody. Like, it's just like pick which move you want and then get out of there. Um, there's also items that you can get, but there's only four of them. And the annoying thing about that is that if you did need one of those items, the only way to like recollect it is to go back through the building and refight all the Kionchis again to get that item. And I think that that's just like not worth it. Just move on with your life. After you defeat all the Kionchis in that village, you get to the next village and so on and so forth. And while there are many different types of Kionchis, um, the manual is so poorly scanned that I can't even read the different names. <laughs> but just like, just know that Joe wasn't joking when he was like yeah i fought the mid-sized green one and the large red one and like yeah there's some that have cool like animation effects there's that gray one that kind of looks like he's moving so fast that there's like oh, multiple yeah. copies of him but he's, he's still spooky one but he still doesn't behave differently and that's what's weird right like all these guys yeah they've designed different sprites for them but they don't really do anything no absolutely that that that's that there's just different shapes and sizes of the one behavior, which is arms outstretched and jump in front of you, and sometimes jump backwards. Sometimes they do jump backwards. You Ooh, forgot about yeah. that. That's what honestly. That's what turns this around for me. Is the backwards <laughs> jump. Well, wait till you play as Dale. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a reference that no one understands. About well, the, actually, I'm going to keep that one in the episode because when we get to that game, everybody will understand. Dale Earnhardt. No, Dale of Chip and Dale fame. Ah. But, um, he's got fireballs. But the, um, <laughs> the, the, uh, the thing is, is like the premise could be cool of, of you go into each of these things and you have to face a different phantom. If even like there were five different types of phantom, not just hopping phantoms. I know there are different types, but they're all very pretty much the same type. But, like, not just hopping phantoms, but, like, other things where you have to, like, mini boss battles where you have to think about how do I fight this guy or how do I... But if it's if it's always the same, I just don't get the reason to making these, like, one-on-one -on -one battles if it's, like, it's just the same Well, because, lame, Joe, if they probably playtested it, and it sucks when there's two of them in the room at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying two of them at the same time. I'm saying you go into this one, like, oh, my God, it's a... It's one where they do this a move, and I got to think about it this way because it's a different type of enemy than when I go in the next room. But like, I like I didn't really even think about this until right now. But these hopping ghosts literally don't even have any animation, like other than like their, their legs bending move. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. like they're it's using just their like legs to jump. they're not actually doing anything but moving towards you in like the same motion, no matter what. Which version of it it is, even if it's that, that gray one with like that leaves like a trail of itself, it's still not doing anything different where it's like, I gotta think differently. And that that is a giant missed opportunity. So are you guys surprised to find out that there's no sequels and spinoffs? For the movie as well, there's no there were no sequels for Mr. Vampire? Oh shocked, honestly. Come Sean, on. Sean doesn't yeah, Sean. 
That's that's about the Sean response I expected. Off. He's done. Yeah. Come on. Unbelievable. All right. Probably the most important question I'm going to ask you guys tonight. If you woke up 2 a.m. in your current bed, not you're not a child, you're in your bed that you go to sleep in tonight, and you wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning, and there is a Kionji hopping at the end of the room towards you. Is that spooky? Is that scary? Well, okay, hold on. Question number one. Does he have that weird piece of paper just sort of like taped to his face? Absolutely. Okay. You're referencing the beginning of the game where they have that, it's like a cutscene. Well, that's the beginning of the game and then it's the same kind of paper that's all over the walls in the, uh, in the levels and you also get the power up where you can put the piece of paper on their face and they kind of freeze for a second. Um, but yeah, that piece of paper. And two, yes, I'm scared because there's an intruder in the house. Yeah, I think you've just convinced me that this is scary. If this showed up in my house, it would be scary. But, like, that would be the case with almost anything that like, doesn't belong in my house. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I guess in that sense, it is scary. So, Kionji's are scary, just not necessarily when you can fight back in a video game. Yeah. Yes, that, that's, that's true. And it would be less scary if my good-for-nothing uh, sidekick would actually come into the house with me instead of waiting outside and asking if I'd like to use the menu. Yeah, now there's something we didn't talk about. <laughs> that is how you access the menu. <laughs> is you go to, instead of going forward, you turn to walk out the door you came in and your assistant pokes his head in the door and be like, oh, sir, like, is there anything I can do for you? Would you like to use any of these items that you don't have? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, like that's how you open the menu is by like going to to walk out of the room you're in. Your guy pokes his head in. He has the stuff. And yeah, it's like you can, there's like three things you can do. And one of them is like use items and it lists out all the possible items, even if you don't have them. And then you select it's like, oh, you don't have that item. <laughs> like, well, why did you ask me if I wanted to use it then, assistant? And how does he know all the items that exist? Is he in on it? He's probably in on it. I didn't see the the ending of the game, but he's probably in on it. You know, I don't think many people saw the end of this game because I'm looking at the long play. Two hours and 13 minutes. And that's not a terribly long NES oh game, God. but that's, for this it is. That's a terribly yeah. long NES game. For I this think. it is. Like, you know, I'm sure there are like, you know, RPGs that are way longer. But I'm sure Final Fantasy takes that long, if not longer. But, like, a game that's just a side-scroller like this being two hours, like, at, at the at the speed-run playthrough speed on YouTube, that's, that's long. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is that the comment section is the actual revealing part. Is it like, yeah, two hours is long in itself, but the comment section is all like, huh, just when I thought I had seen every NES game, it's like, how did nobody know about this? Like, is it because a, a nobody made it? Like, FCI wasn't a nobody, so they would have had enough money to market it, but... It certainly gives the impression that just like um, Magic Johnson's Fast Break, that this is another one of those games, maybe like the 90s just had a, you know, there was too many games coming out that they didn't all go uh, right off the shelves. This feels like something that not a lot of people got their hands on. So we're special. <laughs> all right, now for the real most important question of tonight, and that is, or today, actually, because I post these episodes at, like, 2 in the morning. So, who, 2 in the morning is night, right? That's Kionchi time. That's Thursday yeah, night, yeah. Yeah. I think it's technically morning, but I consider it night. 2, 2 a.m. Friday is Thursday night, Sean? 
Yes. We'll talk about that later. Uh, <laughs> right now, we're going to talk about whether Phantom Fighter is or is not on the Essential Games list. No, it's not on the Essential Games list. Come on. You didn't even need to wait for the music to finish to know. We haven't been talking kindly about this game, and I really don't think I need to add anything else here. Sean? If there's one thing you can take away from this episode, it's don't mix your beat-em-up with a momentum-based movement system and forget to program any kind of interaction or uh, attacks with your enemies. Uh, but yeah, not essential. Joe? So, I know we said a lot of bad things about this game, but I kind of really think that this is, there's some really This is cool, a hidden gem. <laughs> there's some really cool stuff about this game, and I think that I think it might be essential. And I wish that, Sean, you didn't interrupt me because I was really going to try to be as like serious as possible about that and see if I could get anyone to think that I thought this game was essential. But no, the game is not essential. Uh, it's I don't really have anything else to say. It's not essential, very, very clearly. It really so no. worked Joe up into a tizzy. Yes. I have plenty to say about the, uh, the uh, is you know, what what time it becomes nighttime or date and morning time versus nighttime. So hopefully we get back to that soon. Next week, we will be recording episode 300 of this podcast, which is just insane. Thank you all for listening for the last 300 weeks. Um, wow, that's a lot of weeks. Uh, of course, episode 300, we uh, went back in time and moved it so that one of the most important NES games would be episode 300 because we record chronologically. And that is Pinbot, um, one of the, arguably the most important video games of all time. Right, guys? Pinbot? Piece of media of all time, I'd yep, say. There you I go. can't wait. Yep. And, um, you know, we'll have some fun on that episode, but not too much fun, okay? Don't think of it as like episode 100. Uh, episode 100 was Major League Baseball. Is that like, is that an exciting game to have as your 100th episode? Yeah. You. Th- we had a game called Major League Baseball. It's what it was called, Major League and It was our Baseball. 100th episode. It was our 100th episode. Do you remember our 200th? Yeah, 200 was... Uh, 200, I feel like I'd remember if, if you told me, it would be like, oh, yeah, that rings a bell. But Strider. Remember. Okay, yes. Because it was kind of kind of not like super interesting, but then I had my very interesting Who Said It quiz. Yes, yes. And that was fun. Uh, just to be clear, the game isn't called like MLB or feature. It's Major League Baseball, and it was made by Atlas, the guys who make Persona games. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know what? I vaguely remember that being the game we played, but I don't remember what it looked like. Cool. And then if you want to get in on more nostalgia action, especially, come on, 300 weeks in a row. You guys know we're dedicated. Are you dedicated? Join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash nostalgia. Just a dollar, you get access to the Discord where you basically find out all the other stuff anyway that the $5 a month people get. But the $5 a month people get a audio, uh, why am I calling it what it isn't? It's a podcast, guys. It's another <laughs> podcast. An audio and- <laughs> show. It's an audio show. Um, it's an audio book, actually. Joe reads. An audio play. Yeah. Joe reads Japanese books and translates them yeah. in real time. Not true. the Schoon Manual. Yes, over and over. Anybody yeah. who's listened to this show by now knows what we do on that $5 a month thing. We're not finding new people who suddenly tune in for Phantom Fighter and are like, huh, I wish I knew what they did or I would have given them $5. Um, that would be unfortunate if that wasn't the case, but it's not true. This month's I'm episode... I'm not kidding. 
when you said Phantom Fighter, I was like, which one was that again? Like, I'm not getting <laughs> in my head for a second. Like, it is crazy. Is Phantom Fighter again? Forgetting that that is this game we're talking about. Uh, th- this month's episode of Nostalgia Bites, the show that we do for $5 a month, is uh, Hono no Michi Koji Dodge Denpai, which uh, is all Japanese, so thank you very much for that. But it's actually just a dodgeball game on the NES. Hey. And, uh, it's on the Famicom, oh, I should cool. say, NES, but... Uh, yeah, we're going to check that out and see how it compares to uh, Super Dodgeball, which uh, we were all fans of, some of us more than others. I think Sean voted down the Essential Games list? That was me. Great. So since Joe has a lot of thoughts about nighttime <laughs> and when it becomes something, and Sean made a pretty declarative statement, join us on the uh, post show, <laughs> which happens right after the song, for the remainder of this conversation. <laughs> If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. All right, Joe, let's hear it. Well, all right, I've had this thing before where someone says, like, someone says, like, oh, Thursday at midnight. And the question is always, like, well, do you mean. Thursday night, like 11.59 on Thursday, then the following minute is Thursday at midnight, which is technically Friday at midnight. And and there's this like discrepancy of like, well, wait a minute, is midnight the first moment of the day or the last moment of the day? And the answer is it's absolutely the first moment of the day. That's just the fact of it. Like it's not it's not like an interpretation or an opinion. Sure, like so if like, you want to be a fogey about it. Yeah, but like I don't understand why there's ever why we have two ways of interpreting it. It's just making it confusing. Why doesn't it just like yeah, Thursday at midnight is th- literally Thursday at midnight? Because people when they're awake at midnight, they're coming in unless you work weird hours at like an overnight thing. You work you work nights. That is some of the last moments of your day. You no, no, but it's the first moment of I mean, yes. But like <coughs> would you say would you say that like two AM then if you didn't go to bed is still like Tuesday night and not the beginning of Wednesday night? I would say I probably didn't go to bed until two AM last night instead of I probably didn't go to bed sure, until two AM sure. this but morning. But if I'm saying meet me at midnight on Thursday, there shouldn't be any confusion. No, but there point. is, because I wouldn't know what you mean. Be. Because we, then that's my point. I know that there are these two different things, but it just, we should just, just all work on what the way it really is. This is like, if I say meet me somewhere Thursday at midnight, that means meet me somewhere Thursday at 12 a.m. Joe, you know, that, if that, you, that's maybe if, clearer. If you want, 12 a.m. Thursday is 12 a.m. Thursday. If, it's if not 12 a.m. Wednesday. If you're telling anybody in regards to anything, let's just all look at it the way it actually is. <laughs> You might, you, and, and then they agree with you, you might solve all world problems. <laughs> well, that's what I'm here to do on Nostalgia. Joe, just so I'm clear, Thursday at midnight, we're talking about uh, 
the minute after Wednesday, 11.59 p.m.? Yes, yes. Great. I'm right there with you. Right. 100%. Because that, and I realize, and I totally understand the confusion, and if someone told me that, I would be like, I want to make sure, I would double check, because I would want to make sure that I'm talking about the thing, same thing. I'm just saying it shouldn't be that way. We should just all agree as a human race that the way that it is is the way that it is, and then we don't, there doesn't ever have to be any discrepancy over what I mean by Thursday at midnight. Okay, so here's my follow-up question. Sorry to make the podcast an extra hour long <laughs> with this next question, but is 11 a.m. afternoon? No. No. Can you say, no can way. you say good afternoon at 11? No. 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 It's not afternoon. It has to be 12 o'clock. Unless you're talking about like good afternoon from yesterday's noon. <laughs> right, right. But so you can't say good afternoon until after 12. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. So the people who have lunch at 1130 are having breakfast? That's, br- that's brunch. <laughs> I mean, look, I think that your meals can be like based on your own schedule. But no, when no, it no. is you, afternoon, you can't have it both ways. <laughs> huh? No, that's not both ways. It's like, yeah, breakfast is the meal that I eat when I first wake up. Okay, but if I, I have three meals, morning, if I, I have three breakfast. meals back to back to back, it's not breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You know, like if, I, if I'm having <laughs> breakfast at ten, lunch at eleven yeah, thirty, like no, that's not how it works. Like, I would say that you could base it on like, okay, yeah, I'm eating an hour after I woke up. That's breakfast. And then, like, later on, and you know, it's like, if someone works overnight, it's like, oh, I woke up and I ate breakfast. You didn't wake up and eat dinner. Fine. But if you're saying, I woke up and it was morning because I just woke up. No, now you're deciding what the rest of the world's time is like. No, that's a universal thing. And No one is saying that. No one is saying that. Yeah, if you say, I woke up and it was, you know, if you say, like, a le- a midnight, we're going back to this. So you say midnight on Thursday is... Is, let's say that let's just say you you woke up in the middle of the night at any time. Does that mean that it has to be bit before midnight? In the middle of no. the night, you wake up. But that's the morning, Joe. Yeah, but you're not midnight. Yeah, but that's not I mean, I guess if you wanted to be technical, if you wanted to hold me to it, then yes, yeah, you're you being pretty technical up. right now. You did. Yeah, and then in that case, you woke up in the morning if we're being technical. And you know what? If I were to draw my my opinion to its logical conclusion, that would be the ideal to eventually get to. To be like, hey, last night? It's like, no, actually, this morning. It's like, now we all are on the same page. If you wake up at three in the morning, okay, and notice how it says in the morning, right? No one's uh-huh. saying three at night, okay? Yeah. Nobody says that. <laughs> right. If you woke up at but three in the morning. But you can wake up in the middle of the night at three in the morning. Sure. Okay. <laughs> yes, I uh, agree with that, but don't want to unpack it. Um, if you wake up at three o'clock in the morning to go to the bathroom and then you go back to bed and then you wake up at six because you have to get ready for work or whatever. Did you just take a three hour nap? (laughs) No, you went back to bed. Okay. Final question. (laughs) Because I can tell people are really going to enjoy this. Final question. Probably more than the Phantom Fighter episode. You know, we're mostly doing this to make up for a really weak episode. (laughs) Um, Final question. When does Good Afternoon expire? Okay, Did you have like a terrible email or a conversation (laughs) earlier today? (laughs) That one is tougher, though. I I understand, like, because Good Afternoon, of course I wouldn't say Good Afternoon at 11 o'clock because it's not afternoon. But it's a lot more arbitrary of when you wouldn't say it because it's, Anytime, at, you know, at, at eleven thirty, it's still technically afternoon. So, like, that's a tougher. More it depends on the season. Like, it depends on the yeah, season. That's if it's true. if it's in the middle of the summer, 
You could say good afternoon up until I'd say like 429. Yeah. Is it then, like sundown? Is it like how far away from but sundown? But if it's 429 in the middle of winter, then you're saying good evening because I am not going to see the sun on my way home. Um, and don't make me think that you have a better life than me and you live in like uh, California and, and, and it's always sunny 24 hours a day. Like, don't, don't do that to me. Say good evening. So I'd say, yeah. Um, depending on when sun's down, you could say good afternoon. Sean, you just created a whole new question. Is good okay. evening immediately following good afternoon? Yes. Like, so when good afternoon ends, you must say good evening. There's no like weird yeah. window where like it's not quite evening, but it's definitely not afternoon. Well, you you could just say hello, right? But... I guess that's what I'm asking. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think that there's another one. I think it just goes from after afternoon to evening, and then goes to night. Well, no, Why good night. No, that... good night doesn't work like that. Good night is is basically goodbye. Okay, there's no <laughs> nobody says good night as hello. Like good night. I've said it. I said that say say that to you all the time. You say good night to start our conversations. <laughs> yeah, I I've always thought that was weird though, because yeah, you're right. Good morning and good evening are like. I'm hoping you're having a greetings. good night right now. Okay, That's no, but you changed it. Say, you just changed good night, everything. Mike. Yeah, yeah. Good, good night, night, Mike. Mike. How you it's doing? like yeah, it's like no. I would think Joe was was like trying to tell me that he doesn't want to talk. Yeah. <laughs> By Felicia. Look. Oh, there's a lot of gray area here. There's a lot of gray area. All I'm saying is to to avoid confusion for for everyone in the world is that 12 a.m. should always be the beginning of the day because that's what it is. On the calendar, yes. Yes. So if I say meet me at 12 a.m. on Thursday, you should meet me at 12 a.m. on Thursday on the calendar, which is what I go by to to measure my days. You know what's so funny? We were so close to ending the episode. Like Joe wrapped it up so nicely. I started but, over again. But from Sean the very like beginning. refused. Sean like refused <laughs> to have let Joe have the final say. So he just needed to be like, sure, but <laughs> I will continue to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I'll die on this hill. All right. I'll meet you again next week. <laughs> Mike, let me have the last word. Let let it end here. Right here. Right where I said this. Good night.